Welcome to the Rick Fuller Podcast, presented by Rick Fuller, the team leader of the Rick Fuller team, which serves the San Francisco Bay Area and the greater Sacramento region. Rick and his team have over 1,000 five-star online reviews and have been honored as a distinguished small business by the California State Senate and Assembly. Rick is a community leader, national real estate coach, and real estate investing expert. Listen in as Rick shares with his team the goals he has set for 2022, how we need to work together to achieve more, and the termites we need to be aware of that can hinder us from reaching these goals. You know, it's interesting because I never want you to do business the way that I did it. I want you to do it the very best way that you can do it. And I did have a box. This is so embarrassing that sat under my desk and it had sticky notes and it had partially completed uh, listing agreements and buyer rep agreements. It was one of those banker boxes and I just kept dropping it in there. When we, when I came to Joe to build the concierge, I said, I got a problem. I'm really good when I meet somebody and they want to buy today. I'm also really good when they want to buy 24 months from now and I meet them in that 24 month, but everything in between, I'm lousy. And so we developed systems and models and strategies and a concierge designed to nurture those leads. So you don't want to do it the way that I did it. You wanted to do it. You want to do it the way that is optimal for your production and your performance to help you reach your goals. And that's what I get to talk to you about today. Christina, do you have my slides? So for this entire month, I have been concentrating with you uh, on the culture circle. I don't think it's something that we can bolt on. I don't think you can go buy a can of culture. I think it becomes who we are and how we organize this is critically important. I've spent the entire month talking to you about it, so I'm not going to reiterate all of it. But the culture circle, when it's organized right, you remove the what from the center and it becomes your why that is the center of why we do what we do. That's the bullseye. Then the how of what we do. And finally, the what. I spent the several weeks talking to you about our why to provide the kind of experience people are excited to tell a friend about why that makes sense and the results that that procures. And then we talked about how we do it as a team and not with generalists, but with specialists. Today, I get to talk to you about the what. Like, what are we trying to accomplish? What does it look like when we arrive? And what do you need to do today in order to make this become a reality? So let's go to the next slide, Christina. So what is your wildly important goal for 2022? Because it all starts with that. Uh, really, we're a bottom-up organization. We're not a top-down organization. I'm really at the very bottom of the org, of our org chart. Our specialists who are in the trenches are at the top of the org chart. And if you want to accomplish what's on your vision board, and your vision board is not a mirage board, do you know what the difference is between a vision board and a mirage board? A mirage is something you see, you think you're going to touch it, you think you're going to taste it, but it never comes to reality. It never comes to fruition. I don't know about you, but the things that I wrote on my vision board for 2022, I don't want it to be a mirage board. I want it to come to reality. And what I've realized is I, re I usually hit the goals that I have, but rarely in the time that I've set. I'm most often very optimistic about how fast I can get goals done. Um, but even today, where we sit as a real estate team is the result of some of the goals that I had years ago. So what's, what do you need to do in order to reach your, to fund your vision board? And I'm going to tell you, it's going to boil down to habits. 
you need you and I need to have big habits. And here I've identified three habits, a $100,000 habit, $200,000 habits, and $300,000 habits. I'm not going to get into the detail. Your coaches will go over this with you. Your leads will go over this with you. But here's the idea. In order for you to have what you want to have on your vision board, you've got to do the things that are necessary to do that. And you've got to become the person that's necessary for you to become. Let me give you a little bit more clarification. What I'm saying is that if you want to have a bigger house or you want to drive a nicer car or you want to have a bigger income, you've got to become a person that has the habits and that does the habitual behaviors in order to get there. And in order to do that, if you're going to run a marathon, you got to become a marathoner. Like you can't run a marathon and not be a marathoner. You've got to have training and you've got to work up to it. And in some sense, I think the $100,000, $300,000 habits. It's like maybe running a 5K, a 10K, and a half marathon. Like you can do any of them, but if you've never run before, you are going to have a difficult going straight to a half marathon. You might want to start with a 5K. You might want to go to a 10K. Then you can go on to the half marathon. Well, I'm optimistic too. I I believe that we should aim for the stars and sometimes we'll hit the moon, but I also don't want to run a half marathon without training. And so by working up to this, you can accomplish this. Now, these become habits. You know what I realized on Friday? I realized on Friday that we were now 22 days into the month of January. And you and I set goals, vision boards, or even resolutions that we might have had for the new year. And scientists have told us that it takes 21 days to establish a habit. So how are you doing? 22nd day was on Friday. Did you establish those habits? I'll tell you, in my life, there's several things that I wrote on the vision board that I'm living out, and there's several that I need to get back to it. You know, I set a goal for myself to read both the Bible and the Wall Street Journal every morning. Many of you get my emails or texts or things I'm thinking about or see it on social media. I chose those two because I like to know what both sides are doing. The idea for me is that that was a habit that I wanted to put in place. That's a habit that I've been able to fulfill. I'm 22 days in, I've been doing it every day. And yet there was also a habit of eating better. I had a goal of half my plate to be proteins, the other quarter is gonna be vegetables, the other quarter is gonna be fruits. But when I was in San Diego, I stumbled upon a place, a creamery that made homemade ice cream. And this particular ice cream place, and Summer ordered her ice cream, and. This particular ice cream place specialized in graham cracker ice cream. And I am convinced that graham cracker ice cream is perhaps the best ice cream ever, ever, ever invented. It is just spectacular. It sounds weird. It sounds strange. But right there in the Gaslamp District in San Diego, some of the best ice cream I've ever had. Now, does that mean that if I'm off track within those 21 days that I can just quit to leave? not go back to it. It's done. I missed it. No, I'm going to go back to those habits. I'm convinced that the habits that you and I set become our disciplines. The disciplines become our character. The character becomes our destiny. The destiny becomes really who we're known as, who we're known for. So here, here are the habits that you need to establish in order to fund your vision board. Some of you only need the $100,000 habit. Others need the $200,000 habits. And some of us need $300,000. And our goal is to help you accomplish your goal. 
And this is how it can happen. This is what your goals should look like. Let's go to the next slide, Christina. So what about our goals? You know that we have the goal of being the number one real estate team in the state of California. Do you know that we have a goal of serving 500 families by the end of this year, by the end of December 31st, 2022? That's our goal. And see, I believe by you funding your vision board and you being the very best that you can be in the industry, you're going to help us achieve that goal. We help you achieve that goal. And together, we are going to achieve the goal of serving 500 families by the end of the year. That's our wildly important goal. And that wildly important goal leads us in the direction of accomplishing our long-term high-hanging fruit goal of being the number one team in the in the state of California. And I would the source that I want to use is a reputable third-party source that defines who are the top teams. And you'll notice that I included the top team from last year. This is Team Force. They're out of uh, San Diego, Southern California. And you'll notice that they were ranked number one in California, according to the Wall Street Journal last year. The only team in the state of California uh, to actually rank in the top, like I think it was a top 25 in the Wall Street Journal, which is fed by a company called Real Trends. And we've submitted our data, or we'll be submitting our data this year to show up on that list. But our goal, it's not to beat Team Force. Our goal is to be the very best that we can be. And I think that we can serve 500 families. And that goes a long way for us being the number one real estate team in the state of California. Notice that in, in, uh, in 2020, they sold 470 homes at 253 million. Currently, they're at 373 sales and 892 reviews. What did we end last year? 273 sales. And we have nearly 900 five-star reviews just on Zillow. So this is the team I'm watching. This is the team that has become the, uh, the very focus of what it would take to, for us to be number one. There are others on that radar. There's a team here in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, that they have really exploded, and I'm watching them too, and there's several others. But this is the one that last year was ranked number one in the Wall Street Journal in the state of California. We are not too far off. We are very, very close of being able to, to, to take over that number one role. Uh, so our team goal, December of this year, is to serve 500 families, which takes us a long way to being number one in the state of California. Christine, let's go to the next slide. So what do we have to do? What are the battles that we've got to win in order to make that happen? Friends, I'm going to keep it real simple. There's three. There are three battles I need your help with. Uh, they're grow, add, and develop. We have to grow our individual habits and productivity so that each of us become more productive. Um, now, we need to do that without cheating. How do you cheat? If you work 75, 80 hours a week, you're cheating because somebody else can do it working 40 hours a week. So don't tell me you're just going to do more. You're cheating if you go out and you do it in 60 hours and your neighbor can do it in 40 or 35 or 30 hours. But we want to grow your individual production. And there'll be a great deal of accountability and clarity as to what you need to do in order for you to grow your production to fund your vision board. Here's number two. We got to add more team members. If you know people who think the way we think, and what I mean by that is they want to serve people. 
They're not out there to make a sale. They're not out there to fund, a, to receive a commission. They want to serve people. And they realize if that I serve enough people and help them get what they want, I will always have what I want. We need to add people. I need to add people who are humble, who are hungry, and who are people smart. So if you know them, we need to add them. We need to add them to the team. There's great opportunity. And when we do that, it's number three, we need to develop leaders. So we need to grow, we need to add, and we need to develop leaders. And if that's something that you're interested in, talk to your leader, your coach, and they can tell you how to do that. But those are the three main battles we've got to win in 22 in order to reach that goal of 500 families served. Next slide, Christina. So why do we want to be the number one team in the real estate California? Is it so that we can kind of wear a, a logo on our jersey or you know, or to have a, a flag or maybe a plane with this um, waving in the back? Not at all. Uh, see, I believe that the work we do really, really matters. And I think that our client's experience matters. And I think that our team member experience matters. I think it's a shame. I think it's unfortunate. And I think it should not be that most real estate agents are viewed one step above a used car salesman. I think it's a shame that when real estate transactions are done, they're so often done so poorly that people don't want to move again because of the frustrating experience. I don't think it needs to be that way. So the reason we want to be a number one in the state of California is we want to serve more people. We want more people to have a better buying and selling experience. I believe that, and just with all sincerity, I don't think people ever forget their last move. I think you remember your last move and I remember my last move. And if we stay on that vein, if that is our shared purpose and our goal is that our clients' experience matters, we want to provide them the kind of experience they're excited to tell a friend about, and your experience matters, being on the team, your, your working on the team experience matters. That's why we want to become number one in the state of California. It is not for some egotistical, arrogant, a boneheaded idea of just being number one for the sake of being number one. It is literally about us serving more people and being the very, very best that we can be. It really has nothing to do with Team Force or any of the other teams that I followed over the years because I've brought to you dozens of names that have been in the top position that I have my sights on. It has everything to do with taking great care of our team members and taking great care of our clients. Christina, next slide. So let me give you a little history. Why am I focused on being the number one in the state of California? And every decision we, we make kind of leads to that. Because when we were in number one in the city of Antioch, which we still remain the number one in the city of Antioch, we were able to serve a population of about 100,000. There's 108,000 people that live in, in the city of Antioch. And we were able to serve those 100,000 people. And uh, we did that with our Antioch office. There was a time where I was just laser focused on just gaining more market share, just simply in the city of Antioch. All my ads were Antioch. I was known as the Antioch guy. I would show up at the CCRM, the Contra Costa Realtors in Motion Tour, and they would refer me all of their Antioch clients. And then I realized that there's more people in our community that need to really have a great buying and selling experience. And we then launched an office in Concord and Richmond and became number one in the in the county of Contra Costa, which gave us a population to serve of 1.1 million. We became number one in the Contra Costa County, um, and we still remain number one in Contra Costa County for units sold. Zillow ranks that on a regular basis. And then we became number one in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is nine counties. And that's a population of 8 million. 
And we float in and out of that position on a regular basis. Sometimes we're number one, sometimes we're number two, sometimes we drop to number three, we're back to number one. It's constantly changing. And, the, and that gave us the ability to serve 8 million. When we added in Sacramento County and working in Elk Grove and our team members that are there in Sacramento, and that's many of you, we're now able to serve 10 million people. Friends, if we can move to the state of California, where the, where the number one team in the state of California gives us the ability to serve 40 million people, do you understand moving from 100,000 to 40 million, um, how we can provide a better buying and selling experience for each and every one of them, and how so many of your dreams can be funded along the way? So many of your aspirations can be funded along the way. And so when I look at this, there's a lot of people in the state of California that they are not having the kind of buying and selling experience they're excited to tell a friend about. I want to change that. And that's what we're focused on. And so we're going to continue on that vein until we have that number one position. There was a day we were not number one in Antioch. There was a day we weren't number one in Contra Costa County. Our sites are squared away on that focus. We're going to continue to do the things that are necessary in order for us to get there. Christina, next slide. So I'm convinced that um, the market cannot stop us. If the market changes and we begin to have sh need short sales, I'll hire short sale coordinators. We've done that before. If we need REOs, many of us have worked the REO market. We know that market. Um, the market cannot deter us from the goals. The market can't stop us. Our competition can't stop us. Um, there's no way. I don't know a single competitor that's organized and has the foundation and clarity of purpose that we have. They can't stop us. I'm convinced the only people that can stop us are the people that are in the mirror. Like you and I can stop us. And I think these are the five things that can create roadblocks or how I used to call them termites. And you probably watched me on the video talk about the termites and how these small termites can create erosion and kill a tree and more damage is caused by termites than, than water damage or fire damage ever caused. And they just eat and eat and eat. And here are the five things that I think can stop us. And they have everything to do with it just being that, that it's we could be our greatest competitor in stopping us reaching our goals. Here they are. Uh, lack of shared purpose. I hope as I'm sharing my heart with you today, I, I hope that this resonates with you. Like you're saying, I get it. I had a bad buying or selling experience. I, like, Or my friends don't like buying and selling real estate. Or my friends don't have good advice. My friends don't know how to invest. Or my friends are listening to economists that are way off. Like, I hope that there's a shared purpose. I hope that this message resonates with you. I hope my story of having a bad buying and selling experience resonates with you. You're like, yeah, that was me too. And your story and my story are linked with our story of now putting forth our energy and effort to try to fix that. And I'm not looking to just share my musings with you or even to share like a personal mission I'm really trying to create a movement here in our industry, not just within our office, not just in Antioch or in the Bay Area in Sacramento County, but throughout the state of California, a movement that people have a better buying and selling experience, the kind that they're excited to tell a friend about. And so we have to have a shared purpose. What can stop us is not having clarity 
as to why we exist. It's reorganizing the culture circle and putting the what in the middle rather than the why. I hope that you lead with the why we do what we do, then the how, and then finally the what we do. Here's number two, gossip. Listen, let me tell you, including me, especially me, nobody has a monopoly on good ideas. Like We want to hear from you. But I define gossip as talking to anyone in the organization about a complaint that you have that can't do anything about it. It's that simple. If you're talking to somebody in the organization, you're like, man, I, you know, we, sh- we should do this. We should do that. I'm frustrated with this. I'm frustrated with that. We want to hear it because nobody has a monopoly on great ideas. The smartest person in the room is the room. But great ideas or concerns go up and compliments can go all the way around. It's loose lips that sink ships. It's loose lips that destroy our shared purpose. So if you've got ideas, if you've got things that you want to share, if you've got suggestions, man, we're all ears. I may not always agree with you because I think we have very strong opinions about the real estate market and where we're going, but man, we want to learn. We want to listen. And so much of what we do isn't like bubbled up in the organization, but kind of percolates down to the foundation of what we do and your ideas get embedded in how we move forward. So what I'm asking you to do is if you have a concern, bring it up. If you have a compliment, spread it all around and we'll keep gossip at a a minimum. I don't like drama mamas. I don't like drama daddies. Number three, miscommunication. Here's my promise to you. As we move forward, I will never treat you like a a mushroom where we put you in the dark and feed you manure. Uh, I will be continually communicating with you and so will our entire team. Did you notice my posts even today? Foreclosures are at the lowest level in history. Did you notice my posts even today describing what's happening with the vaccine mandate and how people are going to want to move out of the state of California as a result of this. I need, we need to be on board with what Danielle has shared with you today about what's happening with the mortgage market or what we talked about with the stock market or what's happening with the real estate. We need to be in great communication with you. Your coaches within your group meeting, your specialist meeting need to be in great communication with you. Your pod leaders need to be in great communication with you. Miscommunication is like the one thing that I think that if we if that occurs, we can get lost and disorganized. And it really takes everyone rowing in the same direction for us to reach the destination that we're aiming for. So I'm preaching to the choir. You're on our team meetings. You're on our Zoom. You're attending our in-person team meetings. I'm asking you to continue, and I'm asking you to take others with you because miscommunication is one thing that'll stop us. I will do my very imperfect best to keep you updated on what's happening in the market, the industry, where we're going, why we're doing what we're doing, but you got to be here to observe it. Okay, let's go on to number four. And I need to start wrapping up these thoughts. Um, Unresolved conflict. By the very nature of us working as a team, there can be conflict. Uh, There are listing specialists and buyer specialists and concierge and our transaction coordinators and our preferred lenders like Supreme Lending. Wow, in our industry, 
it's amazing anything gets done. You have a buyer who wants the lowest price. You want the seller who wants the highest price. And where are you as an agent? Right in between. And it's so easy to say that dang listing specialist or that buyer specialist, you know, or that lender didn't do this or that this happened or that transaction coordinator or my concierge. There's, it's so easy to create conflict. I'm asking you not to have unresolved conflict. Look, I'm convinced that conflict's going to occur. Just don't keep it unresolved. It's kind of like a splinter. If you get a splinter and you keep it in, it's going to get infected and the whole thing becomes worse. Pull it out, get make it right, meet with that person. That didn't work out. Understand the dynamics that that person's dealing with. If you got a listing specialist, they're dealing with a dynamic of a seller. If you're working with a buyer specialist, they have the dynamic of a buyer. Lenders are working with all of the dynamics that exist in the marketplace and the fluctuation and the volatility and everything that takes place. You can't allow unresolved conflict to create a cancerous environment in a real estate team. So what can stop us? Us having unresolved conflict. That can stop us. Bitterness, frustration, discouragement. Like, make it right. And if you can't make it right, then work with one of our leaders and they'll help you make it right. And they'll mediate it, but make it right. Here's number five, and it's sanction and competence. Competence is imperative to the work we're doing. Competence is so important. It's the very core of who we are. Um, It's why we do the trainings that you've heard about today. It's why I'm speaking to you now to make sure that you're competent in what you do. It's why I talk to you about the market and your specialists meet with you and we give you pathways and all of the things that we're doing. It's designed for you to be a competent team member. But if somebody in the organization, they cannot become a competent team member, maybe they're able, but they're not willing, then I need to promote them to customer because a flat tire doesn't just perfect, doesn't just impact the performance of that tire, but the whole car. And we can't have any flat tires in the organization because our our work matters deeply. The things that we're doing are really, really important for your dreams and for mine and for your customers. And so we can't sanction incompetence. And so what it means and what that practically looks like, you work with your lead, man, we want to help you. And I'm asking you to be both willing and able. But if you ever become to, a, if we be, if we have people on the team and they're not willing or they're not able, um, we're sanctioning incompetence. And I cannot allow that. And neither can our leaders. And our leaders are held accountable to making sure that we're not sanctioning incompetence. So these are the five things I think that can stop us. Like some people would say, well, why do you even acknowledge them? Like, why not just say, hey, nothing can stop us? Because there are things that can really, really stop us. And these are five of them. The market ain't going to stop you. Competitors aren't going to stop us. But these are the five. And so I'm asking you to know them. I'm asking you to remember them. And I'm asking you to adhere to it. And uh, we're going to be here to help you every step of the way. I'm super excited about the team. We dreamed about a day where we'd have eight or nine closings that would occur in a single week. To reach our goal, if you think about it, it's 10 families served per week, 50 weeks in a year, 500 families served. 
We are in a month that is historically the slowest month in real estate. January. Why? Because it matters the work you did in December and November. And who was out buying and selling real estate in November and December produces the results that you're in in January. You're three weeks into a month of January with low inventory, and you've got nine on the board this week. Man, super proud of this team, uh, excited to be a part of the future, and um, know this, that we're going to stay on point and uh, what we're aiming to accomplish.